I work really proactively um, in the industry uh, to highlight the talent pool that, that support staff provide to the businesses and how those businesses can tap into that talent and maximize it. So it's about having, when we set up the business, it was about having a voice for change. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about not being like other recruitment companies. We looked at the businesses that we aspired to be. Yeah. Um, and some of those were cliched, you know, the virgins, the apples, the big mm. brands. But where there was an ethos, where there was a strong message, where that message was felt by the team so that when you walked in, you felt those core values and you felt that this was a company that looked at individuals, you know, in a holistic way. You're listening to series two of the official podcast for the Festival of Enterprise with me, your host, Alex Chisnell. Join thousands of other established entrepreneurs and business people for free at Olympia in London from April the 28th to 29th, 2020. Just go to festivalofenterprise.co.uk to get your free ticket. The Festival of Enterprise is the event for any small and medium business looking to grow faster. This event will reward you for taking a day or two from working in your business to working on your business. We'll provide you with access to the most useful, tested methods of developing your businesses. We help you sustain, grow, scale and thrive faster and for longer than where you stand today. And for exhibitors and sponsors, we provide direct access to the UK businesses and individuals that are the most primed for growth. Festival of Enterprise is the home for entrepreneurs. Get your free ticket to this April's Festival of Enterprise at Olympia in London by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk. Welcome to episode three from the Festival of Enterprise's second podcast series. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, content director of the Festival of Enterprise and host of the number one rated entrepreneurship podcast and agency, Screw It, Just Do It. Joining me on this week's show is Lucy Chamberlain, one of the business world's most popular motivational speakers. Lucy's business journey has seen her work as a TV presenter, awards judge and leading coach. Lucy's level of experience from a 20-year career enables her to give genuine insights into leadership change and overcoming adversity. Lucy founded CNC Search to redefine and elevate client and candidate's recruitment experience. Coming through a challenging time as a single mum, Lucy set out to realign her career to her purpose-driven perspective, building a multi-million pound business in the process. A champion for women in business, Lucy and her team collaborate with other female-led businesses. The following conversation is just a small window into what you can expect on April the 28th and 29th, 2020. Join Lucy and myself at Olympia in London to hear her full story and ask her your burning questions. I had this absolute... Um, conviction I was never going to run my own business um, I think having seen the fallout yeah, so yeah. Through, through my 20s and my early 30s I was a very very loyal employee and uh, to the extent where I spent uh, four and a half years with one business and then 13 years with another mm. but the last couple of years I had I'd been through some quite big life changes and I think often um, that spark and that desire to really um, 
follow what feels like your calling is stronger after life events. Um, yeah. And I've been through divorce. I was a single mum. And that may have, um, for some people, driven them, I guess, into a place of comfort. But I think because I was in a place of discomfort anyway, mm-hmm. um, I had this uh, desire, I guess, to fulfill what I felt was my potential rather than what others felt was expected of me. So I'd, I'd done a lot of things that, you know, I'd been, I'd done the university thing. I'd been the loyal employee. I built a really big part of somebody else's business. And I'd, I'd done a lot of pleasing other people, I think, including my ex-husband rather than following my own dreams and desires. And, um, I think that last couple of years I was employed, I just knew I was totally out of alignment with the core values and mission of the business. I was still doing a good job, but I just didn't feel happy. I knew I wasn't giving my best version of myself on a day-to-day basis. You know, I'm a really high energy, ambitious person naturally mm. with tons of ideas all the time, like most um, irritating owner managers, I guess. So. <laughs> I constantly flip away like a magpie, you know. Ooh, yeah, shiny good. magpie syndrome. Yeah. Can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, terrible bloody nightmare to support my PA will tell you but um, um the um and I think that I just I, I knew and I, I I wasn't quite brave enough to do it totally alone so I think I have to I have to put my hands up and say that had my brother uh, and now business partner not been uh, as keen to set up with me would I have done it or not not sure who knows I mean you know, I, I don't know but he was very keen to set up a um, a recruitment business with me. We, I'd always been in recruitment, and right. that's, that's all I've done since graduating. And um, we knew that we had a vision to do it differently. Um, I, I would say better, of course, but um, mm-hmm. I knew that we wanted to go on a different path um, than the traditional recruitment model. And so that's what we've done. And I spent a year though procrastinating. Um, I, I can be a, a terrible procrastinator at times. And, and I did spend a year and it was a big risk. You know, financially, I was solely responsible for my daughter. Um, I had a big mortgage. I had lots of commitments. And um, it was the, the you know, screw it, just do it moment came when I was sat at a breakfast meeting with my clients. It'd been about nine months of Ed and I discussing this new business that we wanted to set up. And he he just had enough of, of my um, my delays and, um, and my yes, well, yes, when, yes, when. Mm-hmm. And he just picked up the phone. And he just said, look, Lucy, uh, tell, give me a decision by Friday. Otherwise, let's just move on. <laughs> right okay to the point yeah good uh, um and he is very like that and um and, and yeah obviously it was he he had spent 10 you know nine ten months discussing it with me and mm. it was that it was that it was that impetus i needed because i knew in that moment i knew it was then or never yeah um and so yeah i just thought yeah i'm gonna go for this uh you know, only got one one go around this this life and i think some mm. people are made to build businesses and some people aren't but i think i had enough energy and idea and grit and determination to make it happen and 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 we have and do out of interest did he have any life-changing moment that led him to this point or was it just persuasion from yourself uh, that this was the thing to do that have been eating away at you for, for these eight nine months I, I think ed's got a, a naturally much more he's much more of a natural risk taker than i am he's much he's got a very strong entrepreneurial mindset and he'd already set up a successful business and i think he like me has um that strong streak of creative creativity and needing something new in order to keep excited so i think for him he already had a search firm that he'd set up and so it was a na- it was natural for him to look to partner with me um on this business um 
But yeah, so he hadn't had any big life changing moment. Actually, I think he just saw the opportunity because I'd been in the space for, um, gosh, when I set up business about 17 years. So I, I was, I was a bit of a no brainer for him really. And we get on very, very well. Luckily, um, we still get on very, very well. (laughs) Fortunately, because it could have been a disaster for us both. But, um, no, it's interesting because I was looking the other day at, um, kind of a client avatars and just looking back at the data of the the people that we've helped over the years and it was really interesting there's like you know one group that was very young very male dominated kind of early 20s um very kind of typical um millennials i suppose and the other group was female that was kind of 29 to mid 30s and Mm. I really like working with those businesses because they seem to want to give something back. They're doing it for a yeah. reason. There's a purpose behind what they're doing. And I, and I think I know quite a lot of them personally. And, um, and a lot of it is either that kind of turning 30 or getting married, having kids, getting divorced, something like that, some kind of life-changing event yeah. that, um, that people then decide to start a business, go off in a new direction. Yeah, well, that that makes complete sense. I've got no idea the psychology behind it, mm. but I think I think that we are women are naturally more risk averse, and so it probably takes a life changing event, maybe for the majority of us, um, to make that leap uh, in, into in, into that space. But I also think we are. I think we're taught, uh, women are taught a lot to conform and do what's expected of us, and men are encouraged, you know, to. Um, or certainly traditionally to to um, follow their career aspirations, uh, take them and you know, allow themselves to to pursue um, ideas. Um, and and I'm not sure that I uh, women are as encouraged. And I think that we are even now only just moving into a space where investors are interested in female businesses, female run businesses, because there's been obviously this huge gulf, hasn't there, for a long Mm. time between um, the willingness of investors to look at male-led businesses versus female-led businesses. But I think with the the birth of places like um, Blooming Founders, run by an amazing woman called Luli Noi, um, N-O-I, um, which is another female founder-led um, uh, network. And suddenly we're now seeing these networks which aren't just made up of coaches um, because obviously they're, they're, traditionally a lot of those networks were purely um, platforms for coaches to, to um, sell their businesses, really. I'm now noticing they've evolved and there's a lot of female founders, uh, you know, uh, high-profile female founders involved in those networks that are looking to give back, give advice, run workshops, networks, events. Mm. And I think that as a result of that, we will see a difference over the next generation or two with the amount of female. I know that it, it, the stats say there's a lot more females setting up businesses than men, aren't there? Yeah. So those are cottage industry type businesses or coaches rather than companies. Yeah. I I would love to see when I walk into a room with other um, business leaders running businesses, taking those bigger risks that they are made up a lot more of women. And I think these particular forums that are now being set up will allow women that sense that this is doable and that there's a network of support there for them. Yes. Subject that came up at our, 
first live event of the year last night um lucy whittington who's um oh yeah i think she said yeah she i think she said she was the second employee of, of zero back back yes. in the day and now there's you know millions and millions of customers hundreds of thousands of staff etc um i am a zero user yeah you, yeah she was saying she's now got um co-founder of a new company called statsy um and she was saying she's on a she's on a mission um to, to help more more female entrepreneurs because yeah. I think the stat we said was out of all of the VC money that goes out there to um, tech entrepreneurs, 2% goes to female founders, which is just insane to think 98% of their VC money goes to males. It's just a drop in the ocean, isn't it, really? Yeah, and that and that and there's so much that we can do about that. A lot of it is around numbers. So it's making sure that um, because obviously still in STEM um, subjects, there's there's – um, but the vast majority of men will go into STEM subjects and, and very few girls, women um, still pursue those subjects. And so it's about education, education around presentation of figures and get, getting um, female founders or women with potential to lead businesses to feel really comfortable with numbers and being able to run effective forecasts and all those sexy subjects. Mm. Um, but it's also about us supporting each other. And I know we hear a lot about that at the moment, but it's, it's in a practical sense us making sure that we are leveraging um each other and i and we we only work for example with female founded businesses so in terms of all of our suppliers anybody we have speak on on behalf of our business because we run monthly events for both our clients and our candidates which tend to be majority female because hr is still very female-led business and and so are pas and eas um so we only work with female founded businesses and i've and we've set up a female founder hub ourselves Hmm. Uh, and we found the networks incredible and there are women out there just doing the most amazing interesting innovative creative um projects businesses initiatives um and we've just got to we've just got to provide the platform for each other to really raise each other up basically yeah yeah no agree and so so when you decided to go into um recruitment with with your own business cnc um obviously a, a crowded marketplace what was your original um what was the original plan what was the vision to to stand out yeah well i mean every, every you know disruptor in your space is what people talk about a lot isn't it but mm. I, I i knew i wanted to do something that was was going to create a bit of a wave so we were going to go into this space in a socially responsible fashion so we we work in a really traditional market space people hire talent and um, particularly in in our industry sector which is hr and and support staff the same way they've hired talent for the last 15 20 years so we were i guess because i've been in that space for such a long time uh, i was able to separate us by not just the giving back piece which we do we do that very well at the moment we work really closely with smartworks um I think they've had quite a lot of press recently because Meghan Markle is is, is now their patron, but mm. um, they do amazing work. So yes, giving back, but more than that, putting our money where our mouth is. So um, we gave 10% of our profits, which was a big deal when we first started out. Um, so even before Ed and I paid ourselves, um, we gave that back. We were about leaving a legacy. So we set up all these communities. So our female founder hub, our PA hub, 
our Temps Hub. Um, and that was all about the legacy that we were leaving as a business in the industry that we recruit in. Um, so we did that and we continue to do that through having global speakers come in and talk monthly for our clients. Um, we run a networking group for our PA Hub where we also have empowering um, individuals come in. I work really proactively um, in the industry uh, to highlight the talent pool that, that support staff provide to the businesses and how those businesses can tap into that talent and maximize it. So it's about having, when we set up the business, it was about having a voice for change. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about not being like other recruitment companies. We looked at the businesses that we aspired to be. Yeah. Um, and some of those were cliched, you know, the virgins, the apples, the big mm. brands. But where there was an ethos, where there was a strong message, where that message was felt by the team so that when you walked in, you felt those core values and you felt that this was a company that looked at individuals, you know, in a holistic way. You know, we are heart, head, body. We are not one and one affects the other. So we we have a business where wellness is at the center of what we do. Um so there's, I guess there's lots of different ways, but then we also embrace technology. So mm. we have a huge reach in terms of our candidate pool and all those great things that companies come to us for. But we also did, we invested a lot in tech and in social media. You know, they say that we're in the fourth industrial revolution, don't they now, mm. Where, which, which is all about connection um, through um through social media. So we embrace that. Um, we have amazing technology that we use in order that we can provide incredible management reporting. We can be compliant. We're totally transparent as a business. Um, yeah. So those are some of the ways that we separated ourselves from the competition. And what do you think is the difference between being, being a good business and, and between being a great business? Um, not necessarily just in your field, but, but your experience um, looking at those, some of those brands that we mentioned at the moment, for example. Well, a great business is a business that leaves everyone better than they found them and where people want to be associated with it, where people feel proud to be part of that brand message and that want to associate with it in some way or another. So whether that's, you know, for for us, it's been things like people sponsoring our goodie bags at our events or wanting to come and speak for us, wanting um, to collaborate with us. You know, Mm. I'm I'm, I'm involved with um, We Are The City and I'm, uh, we sponsor one of their awards, but I'm also about to be a judge, and that's super exciting. And Vanessa Vallely, that runs um, runs with the city, would would only want to associate with us if we were a great business. And great businesses have a message that's not just about great marketing. It's something that's felt. You can, you know, it's visceral, isn't it? You can feel it, touch it, you can sense it, and it's. Um, and it's something that's also forward thinking, that's got a forward motion, that feels like it's um, creating a change for the better, um, at, but in an industry it loves. So I love what we do. I love our industry, but I know that we should be evolving and, and getting better and better. And I think that's what a great business is all about. Really, really good answer. And um, interested to know, when you, when you started out um, with Ed, how, how did you divide up responsibilities who, who was going to do what was it was it a cat fight or was it uh... no, we, we, I, think, I think it was confused for a while and I think Ed and I would both say that I mean we we are big picture people both of us so the detail part neither of us are fantastic at now we're we the business has grown to a size 
um, between the, the two sides of this, we're now 30 odd people. And we've, so we've got infrastructure and we've got people around us that are brilliant at detail. Um, but at the beginning, because we're both big picture people, of course, the detail was left out. So we didn't really yeah, know. We, yeah. we, we went in with energy and drive and not a huge amount of strategy to begin with. Uh, and then we had to track back and strategize and reevaluate our roles. So we immediately put ourselves at either end of the office. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and poor old Ed got left with a lot of the more detail focused stuff. So the finances, the infrastructure, yeah, IT. Yeah. Um, but because this was my market space, I, I was left doing the stuff that I really love which is the ideas the recruitment the retention of, of the team development of the team um, and looking at our messaging and how we're reaching our audience and 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 how we so I guess fulfilling our mission I suppose mm. and that's I track and uh, talking about um, f- female-led uh, founders as we were earlier an investment if you if you have you grown this organically to the point that, like you said, investors are potentially interested now? If you literally managed to do, you know, build a team of thirties, not not an easy thing to do no. without without any money to start with, having just uh, gotten divorced and, and having um, yeah. children, etc. Well, we started with five grand, so very, very limited funds. Yeah. Um, and um, and we, we, we're now about a four million pound turnover business, but we've done it all organically and that's been tough. And we are now just at the stage where we're looking um, at investment. So mm. this year, one of our, um, what's something that's very important to Ed and I is that we we seek out investments so that we, we can't fulfill our mission without funding. And we're not going to be able to realize our potential as a company without funding, because otherwise you're in that constant, you're in the constant and cash flow limiting yeah. um you know process and so that is our mission this year is is and we, we we're now at a stage where the business has been profitable every year we've grown you know we've got strong brand traction and all those sort of good things and good infrastructure and process internally which obviously investors are interested in so we we've just started to open up um those conversations and and remind me how how long are you into into the journey? How long how long has it taken you to to grow that from like five grand initially investment to to where you are today and thirty four, people? Four and a half years. Four okay. and a half years. In. Four, four and a half years. Um, yeah. And can you can you pinpoint a moment um, in the last four and a half years that that you actually thought that you you had the power to achieve your goals your vision everything that you you kind of set out to do are you there yet did you have that at the beginning oh my god we're nowhere near our we're nowhere near our full potential yet nowhere near it but in Mm. terms of having a moment of this is going to sound naff (laughs) go for it (laughs) it's the moment when we moved into um the offices we're in now and we had our own receptionist now i know you're going to think that's ridiculous no i don't no i don't actually like that um you know having Serviced offices, and you know, yeah, they, they were pretty nice service offices. But when we got to the point where we had our, our you know, I, I, I now open the door to our office, and there's a our fabulous reception, Sheridan, waiting to greet everybody with a massive smile, and our sign above that it just that feels. Uh, that is my reminder in a day when I'm having a bad day or a tough day um, mm. or we haven't, you know, we haven't closed as many um, opportunities as we should have done or whatever it might be. When I open that door, I'm like, yes, we can. Every every single time I open that door, I'm like, I know what it took to get us to that moment where we could afford um, you know, to have our own reception area and receptionist and all that stuff. And so I know that if we can do that, we can do anything. 
Don't forget to get your free ticket to this April's Festival of Enterprise at Olympia in London by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk. Whether you're an established entrepreneur or a business looking to exhibit or sponsor our next event, get in touch at the Home for Entrepreneurs by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk. Hold up. 